up all you podcasting individuals by which i mean podcast listening individuals we're podcasting individuals the people who are listening to the podcast could be podcasting individuals but it's independent of this situation because podcasting is the act of making a podcast whereas podcast listening is a very passive thing it's it's one of the the most passive things people do i think like People, nobody ever just like sits there, just like listens to a podcast, like not doing anything else. Like they're a putty on the the plane in that episode of Seinfeld, where he's just like staring forward or whatever. Just waiting for the call. Yeah, or, or yeah, or like when he's on the plane with Elaine and like she's and he's just like staring at the back of the seat. She's like, "Do you want a magazine or something?" He's like, "Oh no, I'm good. I'll just uh, I'll just like sit here." A, Although a I joke recycled on an episode of Curb. <laughs> Uh, that seems about right. I mean, well, I mean, but Curb is, uh, what do you call it? It's improvised, so, you know, it's uh, just, what do they yeah. call it? It's like how Robin Williams used to, like, improvise things, but it'd just be stuff he'd stolen from other comedians. He's, he's recycled a couple of jokes between Seinfeld and Curb, which, you know, they're his jokes, so yeah. I guess he's entitled to do it. Exactly. It's like, um, uh, it's like, I'm trying to think of... Um, uh, how Mike Myers always uses the same jokes. Yeah, I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to think of like somebody yeah, who like played multiple sort of characters, but like they're like based on their own personal shtick or whatever. But I, the only person I could think of was Tim Allen. I was trying to think. Did he do anything in Galaxy Quest that he did? in I bet Tim Allen is basically just doing Tim Taylor on that show he has now, that Last Man Standing show. I've never seen it, but if I had to guess, he's probably. Just I think basically... he's a little less. Uh, from what I've seen of Last Man Standing, it is a very similar character, except yeah. he's less likable. Like he's mm. more grouchy. He's less tolerant, and, like, I always feel like the end of an episode of Home Improvement, um, Tim is, like, set on a path towards enlightenment of, like, yes, a, new type of ma- a new type of masculinity. Yeah. Whereas, I'm not sure how, how true that actually is by today's standards. I don't really... I haven't seen an episode of Home Improvement in a very long time. Whereas, uh, Last Man Standing is very much like, I can't stand people today. <laughs> I think they're all wrong, and this show agrees with me that they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From what I remember from Home Improvement, from watching it, I, I too haven't seen an episode in like over a decade at this point. Oh, basically, be like Tim would like make some sort of like mistake that would make Jill like unhappy or what have you, and then he'll be in the backyard feeling all bad, and then like Wilson would be like, "Oh, hey, their neighbor," and then he'd have a talk, a heart to heart with Wilson. And Wilson would like give him some advice, and the next day he would be on tool time, and he would take a break from whatever he's supposed to be doing at tool time to monologue to the audience about yeah, talk about like Confucius, <laughs> talk, talk about whatever lesson he had learned, and then, like you know, I guess Jill or Al or whatever, his kids would be watching the show and see that he was making amends for his mistakes, that he would go home and work on his hot rod with Brad or whatever he was doing, and like or like you know. Jill would be making dinner, and then, like, you know, Tim would be like, oh, oh, hey, Jill, you're here, and then they'd have, like, a reconciliation or what have you, and yeah, so that's basically, like, the arc was that Tim, the tool man, Taylor, would always be learning some lesson, you know. I remember as a child watching an episode where Tim gets a vasectomy, and him him and Jill talking about how they could now have sex anytime, anywhere, and even as a child, I was like, I don't understand how, like, getting a vasectomy allows you to, like, break through space and time uh, and, like, have sex literally at any time or anywhere. Yeah. Just because, yeah. like, you, you can no longer, like, produce a child through, like, your semen doesn't mean you could just have sex anytime, yeah. anywhere. 
Yeah, here's the plot points that I remember from all my time of watching Home Improvement. We talk about Home Improvement a lot on this show. I I remember we had, like, an entire episode where we talked about the Home Improvement video game. Yeah, but this is something I know in previous podcasts, and probably in this podcast, I brought up multiple times. Should we just do a podcast where we recap all of Home Improvement? I honestly wouldn't be against it. (laughs) If there was some convenient way to watch it, but I don't know if it's on DVD or whatever, and like, oh, yeah. I don't know what to do. Watch it on the Laugh TV network when it's airing? Mm-hmm. Come on. But uh, I remember just, it. We just watch it out of order yeah. and then like include reruns. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, one thing I bring up all the time was when Brad had a crush on Heidi and he was on Tool Time. Oh, yeah, to say we've talked about this. <laughs> on naked sex time or whatever. He was supposed to say see you next time, but he said naked sex time. I remember that. I, I remember, uh, I remember when, a what, joke where um, he was trying to bond with, I think, I, I can't remember JTT's character's name. Randy. Randy. And... They were like, we're both funny. We both make jokes. Like, if I ever saw a guy with his fly down, i go, hey, how's the air down there? <laughs> and Tim would chime in, it's cheaper than air conditioning. <laughs> uh, I remember um, when Mark became a goth, obviously, and he had, mm-hmm. like, a goth friend, and Tim offered his goth friend some food, and then his friend said, oh, I don't masticate in front of other people because, you know, people say masticate instead of masturbate all the time. And then Tim, like, you know, Mr. Studer's like, well, oh, neither do I. But, I mean, that's like, you know, that's how it will, whatever. But, um, let's see. He is always having competitions with Bob Vila. Yeah. Uh, there was the time that Jill's friend had a sex dream about Tim. <laughs> and then there's the time that Tim was driving Brad's girlfriend home, who was a... Mind, mind you, a teenage girl, and the plot of that episode revolved around Tim had to slam on the brakes, and when he did so, he reflexively put his arm over to brace. Her so they impact. just stole. They just stole the plot from from a Seinfeld episode. But uh, he did it on like he didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't like a stop short situation, and also it was a teenage girl. Yeah. As a, so. But essentially, essentially, it it makes it a. They took a a, a plot from from Seinfeld and made it much dicier. Yeah, but also it was like empirical that it wasn't intentional. Like yeah, was like so it's just like it was almost more like a curved version of it. Like where it'd be like, oh, this was like an awkward misunderstanding. But yeah, an awkward misunderstanding of Tim the Toolman Taylor. You know, uh, putting his hand on. Tim, I got some, I got some news for you. Keep your hands off that girl. Yeah, and they had to talk to Wilson about it. Wilson's like, "Well, their neighbor." Yeah, you know, Tim, Wilson's Wilson's uh, advice was like, "Well, you know, as a uh, Foucault always says, keep your hands off that girl." And then he was on. He's like making the ultimate like man cave or whatever. His show is like you know. Uh, pool tables are a good thing, but what's not good is when you accidentally <laughs> grope a teenage girl in a car. Oh my god! If they were, th- that episode is a, is a, would be illegal. It was really weird at the time, and it's still very weird now. I wonder if there's a list of episodes on Wikipedia. By the way, this is Chris and Matt's Kim Wikipedia. I haven't said that yet. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Chris, and this is what we do. We talk about home improvement. Or dumb we talk about home improvement a lot. I watched so much home improvement as a kid. It really was like a, a constant in my house. Oh yeah, I watched it all the time. Uh, ooh, list of home improvement episodes. Do they please tell me they have plot synopses for all these episodes? Yes, right. excellent. 
Well, the first episode, what happened I here? Was, I was planning on talking about the sixth Clash record, Cut the Crap, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I guess we won't. Yeah, no, the very first episode, here's what happened the first episode. Jim has a job, oh, Jim, Jill has a job interview. <laughs> they changed, they changed Jill's name to, from Jim to Jill in the second episode. <laughs> Jill has a job interview that tells Tim not to touch and wreck the dishwasher in the meantime. Nevertheless, he does. Gets an electrical shock and destroys the dishwasher. And as expected, Jill doesn't get the job. Taking Wilson's advice, Tim apologizes in a subtle manner on his next Tooltime episode, and Jill forgives him. I'm looking at the list of guest stars, and there, tucked away at the bottom, is the jazz crossover vocal group, the Manhattan Transfer. And the third episode's like is basically a perfect example. Tim and Jill want to go out and have a romantic evening, but Jim can't find the babysitter, so she hires a magician who messes up during a trick and locks himself in a trunk, leaving the kids on their own this, room. I remember this episode. During the romantic dinner, Tim is distracted by a Detroit Lions game, which is apparently on in the evening as opposed to being on a Sunday afternoon. It's a prime time game for the Lions. Much to Jill's Ill irritation, and he's forced to choose between his wife and the game. I wonder how I I, th- I think that the maybe the best the best uh, episode uh, that I can't really remember is when the guest stars Jay Leno and is called Brother Can You Spare a Hot Rod? <laughs> Tim decides to sell his hot rod to Doug O'Brien, a pizza entrepreneur, which upsets Brad because of how much time he and Tim spent working on it. Meanwhile, Jill takes Randy shopping for clothes, and he is afraid that Jill will embarrass him in front of Beth. Actually, I do remember that episode. Yeah, I just typed in the word "accidentally" in my search, and I'm gonna everything that has to do with a- accidentally. For example, because of the stress, Tim accidentally glues his forehead to a table. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jill teaches Brad how to dance because he will be attending Jennifer's parents' anniversary party. That's right, Jennifer. I think was his. Let's see. Holy shit! I forgot that th- that there was. The, the episode led to the spin-off series Buddies. That that Buddies, the the Jim Brewer, oh, yeah, Dave Chappelle Jim Bruce, show was yeah. a spin-off of Home That's Improvement. Right, yeah. Here's That's another so one where, crazy. Uh, where Tim accidentally blows up Jill's driver license picture for her library fundraising dinner. Meanwhile, Al takes the boys miniature golfing and throws a fit in anger after Brad gets a hole in one. Oh, Al. Let's see, uh, for a limited time in 2005, Best Buy had an exclusive DVD available that contained 10 episodes of Buddies, including all eight unaired episodes. The DVD was originally released on May 15, 2005, but has since been discontinued, and the cover for it is unreal. It's got Dave Chappelle wearing a flat hat, and Dave Chappelle is basically written in the, the Friends font. Ooh. Tim accidentally shoots Art Leonard, his old school job <laughs> teacher, with a nail gun on tube time. Later, Tim and Jill see Art, who's dating Tim's mother at a restaurant with another woman. Oh, I wonder how that was done. Oh, in the next couple episodes, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas uh, was absent. But a few episodes earlier, in a very, what I assume is a very special episode, after a medical checkup, the family fears Randy may have serious thyroid cancer. Which... Uh, I do remember this... Um... I'm assuming this is a clip show, uh, oh. Tool Time After Dark. <laughs> Despite J- Jill's advice, Tim stays up all night watching Tool Time tapes because of an upset stomach from eating too much Polish food. I basically <laughs> stole from a Cosby it's, Show episode. This is a two episodes. This two episodes of it. It's part one and part two. Wow. It's Got gotta anything. be. It's gotta be a clip show. Perhaps. Ooh, 
Joe wants them to get a vasectomy. That's the one. Uh, let's see here. Anytime, uh, anywhere. That was driving Joe crazy. The vise- it's called the vasectomy one. That's just like a knockoff <laughs> of a friend's title. Yep, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, let's see, driving me crazy. I want to find this one where... Uh, <laughs> but I can't... Why won't they just like uh, tell me... Drake Bell is Pete Jr., was it his girlfriend Jennifer? Jennifer? Oh, Jennifer Collada wrote an episode. If you like Jennifer Collada's <laughs> getting caught in the rain. Final appearance of Jennifer Sadarsky. Uh, Woodpeck arrives at the Taylor household and Tim goes crazy trying to get rid of it. Jennifer, new fish, Jennifer, Jennifer's going away on a holiday. Ryder's strong as Danny. I remember, I remember this episode. It's where Brad and Jennifer plan to dress like Raggedy Ann and Randy Agony on Halloween, but she shows up with Danny and instead dressed like him. Uh, this is the first Halloween episode. Way to go, Halloween. There's the three-part finale of Home Improvement. It's called The Long and Winding Road, and it features a Kenny Rogers song, We've Got It All, which was exclusively for the episode. It wasn't even the Ooh, actual wow. finale. It was in part two. But I guess it might have been split up for um, syndication. Perhaps. If I just type in girlfriend. This is all I'm going to be doing this episode. Is trying to find which episode. Let's see. We're not really talking. We're just kind of skimming <laughs> this. Uh... We're skimming Wikipedia is what we're doing. And we're, oh. Is this entertaining to anybody? If they are interested in what's going on in the world of home improvement, then it's the most interesting in the world. All right, here's uh, something interesting. Uh, go on. Uh, the season three of Home Improvement first aired on my birthday in 1993. Ooh. I was turning six. The first episode of Monday Night Nitro aired on my birthday. Mm, so uh, there you go. Yeah, that's uh, the... Okay, uh, what, do you, what is this a reference to? Satellite on a hot Tim's roof. Cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> that's great. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Bubble, uh, bubble, toil, and trouble. These are some great episode names. You'll better watch out. <laughs> For uh, whom the belch tolls. Uh, this is just like a, this is like a Mad Magazine title. Yeah. Forever Jung. Yeah. Uh, Do you think games, that... flames, and automobiles. What about Bob? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wilson's World. I'm assuming that's a Wade's World reference. The Karate Kid Returns. Al's Fair and Love and War. Uh, Wilson's cousins visit. Who are the Beach Boys? This is this is honestly the best title I've ever read for any TV show. Uh, it's called Groin Pains. <laughs> Here's one called Family Unties, mm. followed by The Feminine Mistake. Uh, Man, John Pasqu- Pasquin directed like every episode, and Andy Cadliff. I guess, like, back then, you when you directed a sitcom, you just directed, like, all of them. Yeah, people directed... Uh, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. He's directed yeah. every episode of the show. Well, not the ones that Peter Bonner's directed. Peter Bonner's, of course, was an actor. He uh, um, was on the Bob Newhart show, and then he John, became, like, a director. John Pasquin directed, like, a ton of episodes of Home Improvement, and then uh, he directed The Santa Claus, and then Jungle to Jungle... And then show somebody, and then Miss Congeniality too. Now he directs Last Man Standing. Ah, so Man. basically he's he like hitched his his yeah. wagon to Tim Allen and just I guess it's not the worst, uh, you know, yeah. business decision. No, not at all. 
Also, did you know that the actor who played Wilson was in the original taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3? I did know that. Ah, uh, me too. So we both know something. I'm going to have to just like search Google for this episode. Tim Brad's girlfriend. What are you looking for? Oh, naked sex time? <laughs> no, not that one. I'm looking for the one where Tim uh, does whatever with a... Uh, Brad. What I like about Wilson is that his name is Wilson W. Wilson Jr. <laughs> yep. And his Lauren, Randy's third girl from Provaldum is most serious. Lauren. Uh, oh, Home Improvement's got its own wiki. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, good. At the end of, um, let's see. Lauren, Randy's girl from Provaldum, the most serious. Uh, the beginning of her 11th grade. Uh, she and Randy left on a one-year environmental study to Costa Rica to study and save endangered species. Uh, as of the end of season eight, his her relationship status with Randy is still active. So mm. good news, everybody. They There's... presumably got married or something. Was uh, Growing up in uh, Michigan, was uh, this show, like, huge? I don't... I mean, it was, like, a show set, like, in the Detroit area where Detroit stuff came up all the time. So it certainly was you know it had popularity for sure did you know that the name of the the theme song for the show is called iron john's rock (laughs) yep that's not it but (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely it that's the end of it yeah that's the end of it tim allen sucks I fucking hate this guy. Dude, dude. You know, the opening of the show was kind of like a video game, so I guess it made sense to me. Oh, a marijuana-related episode. Oh, it was called What a Drag. Mm. On Tool Time, Tim and Al show viewers how to prepare for a severe winter storm. When Tim falls through the gazebo, he discovers a small bag of marijuana taped to the other side of the swing. Jim and Jill and Tim, god damn it, stay out their backyard from Jim Wilson's- and Jill. Uh, yeah, they uh, stick, stay out their backyard from Wilson's to catch the culprit. Uh, ellipses. To everyone's surprise, Brad is caught red-handed with the goods. After finding out Brad is using weed, Jill admits she was a pothead after getting drunk at a Led Zeppelin concert and talked to Randy and Mark about Brad's action and punishment marks much to Mark's irritation. I want to meet the person who wrote these, like, all, like, out, like, uh, ooh, golf pro, uh, Payne <laughs> Stewart stops by. Uh, I like this one only because of the very last sentence in it being so thrown off. Like, this is for an episode called Futile Attraction. <laughs> Tim becomes suspicious that Heidi and Al are having a hot affair when he finds out she has separated from her husband. A semicolon. He sets out to find out exactly how much of an affair they are having. A <laughs> tool time, Tim adds a little, it quotes, more power to his golf swing. When golf pro Payne Stewart stops by, Jill catches a cold. <laughs> Jill time. catches a cold. <laughs> That's the last sentence. She says, Jill catches a cold. This is a... I, I forgot that, like, Jill was, like, very much, like, a prototypical, uh, like, sitcom wife in the 90s in that, like, her only... Th- the only thing she's ever wants to do is go to the opera, the theater, or the ballet, which is, like, something that I feel like isn't really uh, a thing anymore, where they're just like, oh, my wife wants to go to the ballet. Yeah. That was, like, also, like, on, um... What was that on, like, Saved by the Bell, where, like, uh... What's-her-face always wanted to go to the ballet? 
Sammy, uh, Susie. I'm saved by the bell? Yeah, what's her face? And then they do that episode where, like, uh, Slater's like, I am a good guy. I could do the ballet for you. Jesse? Yeah. Je- oh, Jesse, well, Jesse was, like, the one who was, like, you know, the feminist always talking about how men yeah, were yeah, yeah. well there's like a well i mean so was jill there's a big correlation between feminism and wanting to go to the opera <laughs> 90s uh, sitcoms yeah. well, i know that definitely like uh jesse was always talking bad about like stuff that like was like guy stuff she always talked about how it was like for like macho pigs or whatever like sports mm-hmm. you know, sometimes she'd be a cheerleader but sometimes she'd yeah. be like ugh you pigs in your sports yeah and then she would uh Take caffeine pills and be in the band Hot Sunday. I mean, it was a hot Sunday. Did they spell it S U N D A E? Yeah, I believe so. Mm. Yeah, and love a Sunday. There. Yeah, I don't. Well, I would, I guess. I'm lactose intolerant, but well, you um, go get that vegan ice cream you're always yeah, talking about. Yeah, I do. I do talk about <laughs> it. I do like it. I can get it in Sunday form. One time, I had it with a uh, a crepe, like a desserty crepe that mm. had Nutella in it. It was super good. What's your favorite uh, ice cream topic? Ooh, probably some sort of... It's a fun conversation. (laughs) Some sort of nut or something. I was going to say, I think my favorite these days is candied pecans. Yeah, some sort of nut. I'm really into them. I don't really necessarily like the sauces, by and large. I like a hot fudge, but uh, I don't really get it as much anymore. I liked it a lot when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, so Jennifer Salata or, or whatever, like, uh, I knew her name, I recognized her name because she wrote several episodes of The Office, which is, like, you know, mm-hmm. where she mostly probably became famous for it. But she also wrote for Home Improvement, Malcolm in the Middle, The Newsroom, Greg the Bunny, Andy Richter Controls the Universe. Mm, I uh, love that show. Yeah, uh, The Office, and, of course, Cobra Kai, which she's also directed for oh, the, episodes the, the, of. the Karate Kid show? yeah. I've heard that's good. I haven't yeah, seen it. Me neither, but she's directed four episodes of it. Yeah, she uh, also directed, uh, uh, she won a WGA award for something, for co-writing the 2008 Independent Spirit Awards ceremony. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she wrote a Benny Hanna Christmas, that's a classic episode. She wrote, uh, co-wrote Goodbye Toby. She wrote the drug testing episode, that's a classic one. So she's had quite the career this Jennifer Salata, Colada, and it all, I don't know if it all started with Home Improvement, maybe it started somewhere else, but she certainly wrote several episodes of Home Improvement, <laughs> and her IMDB page is clearly just a selfie she took and posted on there, uh, which is not like a <laughs> What bad... were you looking up again? I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, well, I just, I, know, I recognize the name Jennifer Salata. Oh, right, the writer. Okay, you the lost writer, me for a second there. She's the writer on Home Improvement, and I went to and her... And then later uh, The Office, okay. I wrote to her IMDb page, and, like, I noticed that, like, her photo's clearly just, like, a selfie she took when she's just, like, hanging out, like, somewhere. It's very casual, and she's, like, you know, just, like, clearly she's holding her camera or whatever. She's wearing what appears to be an Austin City Limit shirt, but her hair's covering a lot of it, but it still seems that would be the case. She, we'll see what she did writing-wise. Was this, Oh, wow, Home Improvement was her first show. That's very impressive. Mm-hmm. She made, wrote, probably made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, she wrote nine episodes of that, and she wrote two episodes of Two Guys, A Girl, at A Pizza Place, two episodes of something called The Trouble with Normal, which I do not recall, one Greg the Bunny, uh, two Andy Richters, to something called Happy Family, uh, one Malcolm in the Middle, the 
aforementioned Independent Spirit Awards, and of course, 11 episodes of The Office. Quite the career for... Oh, she's also an actress in one thing. Oh, a wedding guest in an episode... Uh, oh, in the finale of The Office. She's one of the people at the wedding. Because they got, like, everybody in the world to, like, just, like, show up for that, like, and everybody who had worked on the show. I, I, I just don't remember the end of the, the Office. I remember watching it and thinking it was fine, um, but I don't remember yet. Oh, the show The Trouble with Normals and different Victor Fresco show, the guy who created Andy Richter Controls the Universe or whatever, and it starred Paget Brewster, Larry Joe uh, Campbell. Also from... Uh, yeah. Larry Joe Andy Campbell, Richter. John Cryer, David Crumholz. Uh, let's see. The misadventure of four paranoid young men whose fear of urban conspiracy leads them to seek counseling in a therapy group run by therapist Claire Garletti. And that's uh, who Paget Brewster plays. She's the titular Claire Garletti. <laughs> in the titular, the trouble. <laughs> it only lasted 13 episodes. I do not remember it existing. But it, you know, air on TV. Good for them, uh, I guess. <laughs> good for them. Yep. GF, uh, GFT. <laughs> yeah, from our old classic. Uh, so who's the canceled Muppet of the week? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some new Muppet thing going on or something. I there's think. new Muppet uh, cancellations are rumbling. Yeah, uh, something was going on with the Muppets. I, I feel, oh wait, or maybe I just watched that uh, Joker parody Grouch on S- from SNL that David pretty funny. did. It was. I think it was maybe a little uh, much. I feel like, it, but I mean, it was still it was solid. It was funny. It got me to watch it. I thought it was, you know, good. I'm just gonna. Something I think is happening with the bubble. Well, like, uh, Did you ever watch this new monkeys? What's what's up with that? The new monkeys? Yeah. I don't think I did. I've seen the old monkeys, but it's kind of hard to watch because it's edited so frenetically. I, I love I love the old monkeys, but I like this it, is but... a this is a 1986 TV show generated interest. Uh, full reboot of the earlier series. None of the original cast members. Blah, 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 blah. They didn't Headed mean they didn't Blowner. get... Okay, here we go. Group members were Jared Chandler, Dino Kovas, Marty Ross, and Larry Saltis. I don't know who any of these people are. No, me neither. I think that was their one chance of fame, and they blew it. On uh, February 16th, 2019, the New Monkeys held a sold-out concert at the Pig & Whistle in Los Angeles, organized by Jody Ritson. The concert featured original Monkeys member Mickey Dolenz. Yeah, huge show. The Pig and Whistle. I, I want to say that that's a coffee shop. It could be. I mean, but uh, it's, still, it's still sold out. They sold it out. Yeah, it's a coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. Did is? Oh no. It's there's, there's a concert area. Okay. Mm, yeah, but probably like a kind of a, a small one, I'd imagine. Yeah, I guess so. Ooh, Muffin Magazine was published from 1983 to 1989. The magazine was presented as being run by the Muppets themselves, includes the features of celebrity. Interviews and comic stories. I'd like to get an episode of Muppet Magazine if I could. I wonder, advertising, an old New York Times advertisement from 1983. It does not, this just took me to a page featuring a bunch of stock information. Oh, I see. I can't look at it because I don't have a New York Times subscription. I wonder if this, I'm going to look up really quickly and then we'll end the podcast. I'm going to see if there's uh, issues of Muppet Magazine on eBay. God, obviously, I won't be able to like you know. Why are you doing this on on the podcast? <laughs> but content. Why is that content? You're just <laughs> looking something up. Yeah, I mean, I'm skimming eBay. 
Ooh, yeah, Muppet Magazine. Oh, wow, this one, it's a Christmas one. Oh, this one's expensive. Oh, because it's, it's, it's quote-unquote brand new. I mean, uh, but it's not truly brand new. Because I was like, what, twenty-eight forty-eight for a Muppet Magazine featuring <laughs> Jason Bateman on the cover? Like, I'm be sure it's a Christmas one. But Wait, what? How was he on the cover? When was this a thing? 83 to 89. This one's from 88. So this is like... Uh... Like like child actor version of him. Okay, so like, uh, what's it called? The fucking Teen Silver Wolf 2? Sp- yeah, or like Silver Spoons or whatever. Ooh, two from... Eight, oh, one from... There's new listing, pre-owned, 20 bucks. We'll $8 shipping, but... It's another Christmassy one. It's got Pee Wee Herman on the cover with Kermit. The other one's Kermit, Fozzie, and the Fonz himself, Henry Winkler. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. And, and the Fonz himself. <laughs> and then the... Yeah. Oh, wow. $80 for um, six issues. This of, sucks. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's call... <laughs> let's end this episode. Oh, wait, but no. Oh, well. get, for only 30 bucks, you can get a Muppet Magazine issue, uh, another holiday issue featuring the Cosby Kids. <laughs> and David Lee Roth inside. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> this one's got a great cover. It's a Kermit as a Bruce Springsteen on the Border Run cover. <laughs> Summer in the USA. Meet the new edition. Gonzo stars in Punk Nokio. Uh, hardball baseball star Steve Garvey and MTV's Martha Quinn and Alan Hunter. <laughs> I want this so bad, but do I want to spend twenty bucks on it? The answer is probably. It'd be a great thing for me to own. So if you're listening to this and you want to get me a Christmas gift, how about an old episode of our uh, old issue of Muppet Magazine from the 80s? Well, this has been Chris and Matt's Wikipedia. We talked about the Muppets like we've done many times in the past. We talked about Homer Pimple <laughs> we talked many times in the past. We are going around in circles. Uh, time is a flat circle, as they say. Uh, in Muppet Magazine? Is that where they, you originally read that? <laughs> yep. You know it, baby. So thank you, Gamer Media, for uh, giving us this outlet for all our home improvement content. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, uh, social media, podcast, reviewing, rating, uh, at It's Bazooka Joe on Twitter. That's where I want you to go. Go to at It's Bazooka Joe on Twitter. Go there. Follow it. Love it. Learn to be unable to live without it. Please. Thank you. That is all I have to say. Do you have anything? I mean, I'm ceding the floor to you if you want oh. to. No, I have nothing to say. You can, yeah. uh, you know, listen again, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> don't don't follow you on social media, that's for sure. Yeah, you can follow me at Epshimkwitz if you want. You probably won't. Yeah, no. But maybe. You never know. I mean... If they want to hear more home improvement takes, but this is I don't, I don't have them. I don't have them. <laughs> Me neither. I don't even tweet that much anymore these days. You know, it's something I used to do, but uh, these days, I was gonna tweet something, but I didn't. Maybe it will later, and then I'll end the podcast. Uh, a Freaky Friday, but like the swapping is uh, Dagwood from Blondie and <laughs> Kathy from Kathy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I done that. Yeah. Well, I think that'd be, you know, an interesting Freaky Friday because Dago loves to eat. <laughs> it would Kathy's not be always... an interesting Freaky Friday. <laughs> but Kathy's always It would be interesting plates. to no one. No one would care. <laughs> I'd like it. They'd be like, like, Kathy, you're acting weird. And she would be like, oh, I wish I had a sandwich. And everyone would be like, 
I guess it's kind of the same. No, because like Kathy she would, usually like, eats freak chocolate, out. I guess. Yeah, Kathy would freak out, and like, uh, and then like Kathy would be in Dagwood's body, and Blondie would be trying to fuck him. But like she'd be like, "Oh, am I gonna?" That'd be very being John Malkovich. What if Kathy realizes that she doesn't want to be with Irving? She's in love with Blondie, and she wants to stay in Dagwood's body forever. But she sees Dagwood ruining her body by eating all these giant sandwiches and only taking naps. And she's got still, even though she's not a part of her body anymore, she still feels ownership over her body. And so she's like, feels like her body is being ruined. So she's torn between her newfound love for Blondie and also wanting to have like her body back it's very complicated and complex it's a really rich story about blondie's husband dagwood bumstead and kathy no last name given from kathy uh freaky fridaying their bodies i think it's a great idea and i'm gonna i'm gonna make it happen somehow this has been oh, chris and matt's okay. wikipedia uh thanks for listening and more great ideas coming to you next time.